get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Always happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. She's Katie Wu. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. I know yesterday was a very large day in your life as you were able to meet the Dalmatian as part of the Clydesdales. <laughs> How'd that go for you? Um, not to be dramatic again, because that doesn't sound like me at all, right? But it was one of I think it was a life changing experience. And I would like to shout out Taylor Motter, who he's a new dad, has a sweet baby girl, her name is Nora, and he must have like really started focusing on taking pictures because he was out there with Packy Naughton and as I'm petting the dog, he just grabs the phone out of my hand and starts firing away. So Taylor Motter, now my new pick for Cardinals under the radar spring training roster. That's race. Tanner's guy. You and Tanner are picking out the same one. I call him great value Brendan Donovan. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. I don't know who has the better hair, though. It really kind of depends on the day. I don't know, but uh, he's got the dad thing down correctly if he knows when to snap <laughs> pictures because that they should teach you, like, you should go through a training course of that when you have little girls of, like, when to take pictures because I feel like I always fail at that. Yeah, you got to get better. Maybe Taylor can help you out. He Alex isn't talk. sad, by the way. He's just yeah. a little under the weather. Sinuses so. <laughs> are uh, sinuses here in St. Louis season, Katie. It's uh, it's kicking you in the uh, rear end. It's not like Jupiter where it's beautiful all the time. It's beautiful. It's a little steamy today, but that sounds a lot better than you do. Yeah, well, my, vo- <laughs> my, vocal cords, of course. my vocal cords are a little steamy today. All right, Katie, uh, speaking of getting steamy, the, the, the press Whoa. surrounding Jordan Walker kind of feels that way right now. It's heating up down in Jupiter. Is this guy about to slug his way onto the opening day roster? The Jordan Walker show has been must-see spring training. I mean, look, the hype around Jordan is warranted. And I think the biggest difference that we're seeing right now, I had a conversation with a couple of media friends, is we're seeing the difference between a top, like what we've seen as Cardinals fans has really been what a top prospect in the organization looks like With Walker, we're seeing what a top prospect in baseball looks like. This dude is, if he keeps this up, I know it's only been a handful of games. We still have roughly three weeks of spring left. But if he keeps up this kind of performance with not just the bat, but the speed, the overall professionalism that he displays, the whole package, I mean, he's a five-tool player for a reason. If he keeps this up, I don't see how the Cardinals leave him off the roster. I think that also puts a lot of pressure on someone like Dylan Carlson, who is essentially fighting to keep his spot. So we'll see if Dylan ends up having a, a spring that doesn't necessarily meet expectations and Jordan Walker continues to slug the way that he does. I'm not quite sure how you can leave Walker off. If Dylan has a great spring 
and there really isn't room for Walker, if it's not going to be as a starting outfielder position, then I don't know what you do there. But if Walker keeps hitting like this, there is no reason why he should not be on the opening day roster. And just to follow up on that, Katie, I mean, Dylan Carlson's had 10 at-bats so far through spring training, so a small sample size. But if that is the case and he struggles through spring and Jordan Walker makes the team, I don't know what that means for Dylan Carlson's future because Jordan Walker is not going to be up here temporarily as an outfielder. He's going to be up here as an everyday outfielder. Right. You're absolutely right. And we've seen the Cardinals platoon Dylan Carlson before, and maybe that is a temporary solution if it does get there. They're not going to platoon Jordan Walker. I think that's the biggest difference. And, you know, I don't want to be someone that's writing off Dylan Carlson. He's so young still. He has so much potential. And it's not like he's come in here and, again, had a bad spring. There's only been a week. Just when you're looking at the guys that they've kind of identified early on, they're looking at Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newbar as kind of those guys in the outfield. They still feel that way about Dylan, but it's up to him to perform up to expectations. I know we kind of talked about and joke around, oh, all these players are leaving to the World Baseball Classic. What are we going to talk about? But I honestly think we could spend the next three weeks talking about Jordan Walker. That's how exciting it's been. And the DH conversation, too, right? It's not just Jordan Walker in the outfield, but then you've got, you know, all of the different guys that could fit into the mix from the outfield at DH. And, of course, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes fit into that mix as well. What have you seen from some of the guys that are in that conversation to potentially get at bats at the DH? DH slash outfield this year. Is there anybody that's stood out to you so far, Katie? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's early, right? So, and we're so there's no true DH candidate for me that you know I'm, I'm able to look at and say that's the starting DH. But I honestly think the Cardinals won't have that. I think we'll continue to see what we saw last year in terms of different guys playing different positions being filled in and utilized at the DH role as much as possible. You're looking at guys like Nolan Gorman, and we've talked a lot about him and how he's impressed this spring, had parked a pretty solid home run on Saturday. Um, Juan Yepes is swinging the bat well. They still want him to improve on the corners, you know, but if he ends up being a bat off the bench, not necessarily someone you're going to use as a late-inning defensive replacement, but they believe that, that power and that pop serves a purpose in the later innings offensively, that's a role I could see him. You're looking at Burleson to do the same from the left-hand side. I'm not sure if there is a place for Burleson if you on this opening day roster. If you have someone like Gorman who's tearing the cover off the ball, that's going to be something to kind of monitor. And you also have guys like Moises Gomez. Um, it's a good problem to have. You have so I remember many many shows, guys, where we talked about wow these Cardinals just can't hit. And the good news now is it looks like they can. It's just where do all these pieces fit? Because each bat brings something different to the table. And you know as long as these guys keep up the consistency. It's kind of a mess to try to make work, but that's what you want in spring training. Ollie Marmel said in the beginning, this is going to be one of the most competitive camps that this organization has had in years, and so far we're seeing exactly that. Well, and with Nolan Gorman too, Katie, I think a lot of people went into this season thinking that he was just going to be a DH and somebody who could fill in here because of the defense and not being able to play second base. We've seen him look decent at second base and make a couple of nice plays so far through spring training. Is he starting to change the mind of Ali and, and others of being potentially a second baseman? You know, dude, dude's really shown that he can pick it this spring. And I actually think that the organization has always been a little bit more confident in Gorman's ability at second base than maybe some of the outsiders, me included. And now we're seeing something that the organization saw early in, in terms of his just natural athleticism. So when you're looking at Gorman, this is, again, a bat that last year the Cardinals wanted in the lineup almost every day. When they called him up, they didn't call Gorman up to be an off-the-bench platoon guy. They called him up to make an impact. 
that's what you're seeing from second base. He could be the everyday second, starting second baseman. It will depend on the spring of Paul DeYoung as well. Brendan Donovan looks like he'll be the odd man out at second base if that does happen. But the good news for Brendan Donovan is he can play, like, I don't know, six other positions <laughs> and do just fine. And that's going to fit into exactly what Ollie Marble does back to that lineup fluidity thing. So, again, said it before, I'll say it again. Pretty impressive Nolan Gorman spring so far from both sides of the ball. And it's making for a really competitive middle infield competition. It's put the pressure on Paul DeYoung, who's responded accordingly. Cardinals aren't really, really worried about his defense. We've talked about this. They'd like to see his swing changes come to fruition a little bit more. So, yeah, middle infield, uh, Tommy Edmonds probably glad he's taking a break because uh, it's, it's a lot going on right now. Uh, speaking of that middle infield, Katie, and this is the final question that I've got for you position player-wise. We're talking to Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic. Mason Wynn has been really impressive so far in spring training, at least from the numbers and everything that we've seen on the broadcast. You've been able to see it in person, though, and sometimes that does give you a different perspective in terms of who they're going up against or just the way that it looks. What have you seen so far from Mason Wynn? And for you, is he more advanced than you were expecting? Yes, absolutely. Mason Wynn's been really impressive, and I think advanced is the perfect word to describe what we've seen from him this spring. We know about the hype about Walker. We know that Wynn was a pretty, you know, he's pretty valued pretty highly in this organization. But when you're watching him, and he's going to get so many appearances this spring, he plays with a different level of game and a different level of maturity that I think I was expecting for someone so young. And that's something that's been really talked about a lot with Ollie, talking about Walker and Wynn. It's their professionalism and their poise and the way they carry themselves. He said this multiple times. They're asking the right questions. And then you see someone like Mason ask the right questions and then go out on the field and fire a throw to first at nearly 100 miles per hour <laughs> and then spend a whole day talking to us about how he's been really trying to emphasize not getting too big in his swing. He wants to be kind of that singles hitter, gets on base, utilizes his speed. But if he sees a ball, he's wants to be able to do some damage with it. So what does he do? He has a 435-foot home run the next day. So, yes, I would say Mason Wynn is coming in the spring much more advanced from both a skill set and a maturity, uh, maturity-wise standpoint. And while I don't think he's going to make this roster out of camp, I think he's a lot closer in terms of development than many people believed. Katie, on the pitching side of things, we had a lot of conversations last week about Adam Wainwright, and I know you wrote a piece about Adam Wainwright and that velocity dipping. Uh, BK and I have gone back and forth uh, just about how concerning it is. So from your perspective, how concerning should it be? I think we would be pressing the panic button if he was not going to the World Baseball Classic that, because that event just means so much to Adam that for him to drop out would have to be a very big concern. The fact that he's going and the fact that the Cardinals trust him enough to go means that they were encouraged enough to see over the last week signs in the right direction just to, you know, to, that would clue them into that he's healing. So the big thing for them to see in his second start was an uptick in velocity. And I, there was an uptick in velocity. His first start of the spring, he averaged 84 miles per hour. Not a good sign. I'm not over here claiming that we should be excited about that. His second start, his average velocity was up to 86. Again, not claiming that we should be excited about an 86-mile-per-hour uh, fastball. But the, the ticks up in velocity were trending in the right direction, and that's something that both Adam and the Cardinals were excited about. Adam was the first to say, he's like, you know, I'm not real proud that I'm throwing 86s out there, but if I'm throwing 84s continuously, then we have a problem. So this was a step in the right direction. Give him a chance. Let's see how he responds to the competition level in the World Baseball Classic. Guys from all over the organization have talked about how important and intense that competition is. We'll see where that velo's at. He's never going to be the guy that split up the radar gun. We know this about Adam. 
If he can sit up to mid-80s, low-90s by the end of the tournament, then I don't think we have a concern. Um, but it's certainly always going to be concerning when you have a pitcher of Adam's age dealing with some back issues that eventually lead to, you know, uh, some muscle spasms or a hitch in his delivery. I'm not ready to go full panic yet. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see how he does in the World Baseball Classic. There's honestly no better test than him against a team like Team Canada or Team Mexico this early in the year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. I said last week I'm at like a six right now. If he's throwing 84 in the World Baseball Classic, I will go up to like a 10 if that ends up being I will go case. there right with you. All right, That's there fair. we go. Uh, Katie, final question that I've got for you. It's a big day for the Cardinals on the pitching side of things with Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz both expected to pitch for them today. It's been a weird spring training so far for Jack Flaherty. Surprise, surprise, you could have seen that one coming. It feels like this one is less concerning than previous years. There was like a day where they pushed him back and then he got sick and now he's been pushed back a couple of more days. Can you explain? You're there, so you get to talk with Ollie. You kind of have a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on. What's up with Jack Flaherty right now? What are you looking forward to seeing from both he and Matt's today as they get on the mound? Well, the good news for Cardinals fans is I'm watching Jack Flaherty warm up right now, and everything looks great. Look, I think this kind of uh, the storyline over Jack being bumped a couple days is only emphasized because of his injury history over the last two years. Nobody here is concerned about Jack. Actually, Ollie Marmel pulled me aside today and was like, hey, there's, like, what, what's going on here? Why are people asking me about him every day? <laughs> and so they're totally fine. Jack actually wanted to pitch the last two days, but he was feeling kind of achy, a little under the weather, not necessarily sick, but just a little dehydrated. And Ollie was the one that was like, dude, I'm just going to push you. I'm just going to go tomorrow. It's no big deal. And Jack was adamant that he wanted to pitch. And Ollie said, no, you're going tomorrow. Hmm. Um, no one is really worried about this. I think this just became a big storyline because it is someone like Jack who did have that injury history um, and is expected to be such a huge part in this rotation and is honestly very imperative to the team's overall success. He's he slated for three innings, totally normal. Ollie said it, I thought, in a pretty understandable way uh, yesterday. He said, the way I'm looking at it is if I'm looking at a must-win series in July and I need Jack to pitch that day, am I going to be worried that he didn't pitch March 5th and instead pitched on March 6th? No, I will not care. So bumping him one day means nothing to me. So let's pump the brakes on the, the flarity nerves. Um, I noticed that Stephen Mass is going at the same time today, and no one's really been complaining that Mass hasn't, you know, has been bumped and hasn't been uh, really thrown all spring yet. But, and he's coming back from injury too. I think it just happens to be the flarity hype and the nerves because this has been a, uh, a situation that we've seen before. But no worries here for the Cardinals for Kate, Jack Flaherty. Katie, just tell everybody to keep the panic bus back in the garage until the season starts. We don't need that in spring yeah, back training. Back it up. Back yeah. it up. It's spring training. Vibes are good. The funny thing is I'm far more concerned about the guy that has thrown like 500 innings over the last three years than I am the guy that's thrown like 150 innings over the last three years. I'm more worried exactly. about Wayno right now than I am Flaherty, and yet I haven't seen Flaherty yet. So that's uh, an interesting way to look at it. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. Uh, we will continue. Continue reading your work over at The Athletic and following you on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Guys, appreciate it so much. We'll talk again next week.